0: For thine is the kingdom and the, power and the glory forever and
1: ever amen Welcome to the podcast In and through exists to equip the church to be hearers and doers of the word My name is Tim
2: and my name is Marshall
1: And and there's a newness in the air mm, What is that Kids are kids are back in school for now yes The leaves are changing colors starting to Covid is eradicated. There's football on television. We're in the New Testament. (laughs) It's good. And only one of those things is not true.
2: (laughs) Yeah. No. This is uh, this is a big milestone for us. The New Testament. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: It's uh, it's interesting how little of the year we have left. Right. And we've got to go through the whole New Testament. Right. And it kind of puts things into perspective for you a little bit.
1: Buckle up, Buttercup.
2: I know. Although, although, we did notice as we were kind of looking ahead, the, the reading pace does slow down a little
1: bit. Some. Yeah, right now where we are at in the Gospels, it slows down quite slows a bit. Slows down a little bit. And yeah.
2: we'll hit the gas pedal again.
1: Yeah, but the last week of reading? It's nuts. It's like four books of the Bible. I know.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. So, anyways, we get started this week with, uh, essentially, we we get into all four Gospels this week.
1: Yeah, and... The pivot mm. of the reading is just tangible, oh, it's huge, yeah, it's huge. It's an entire like you to expect the concept that there would be like oh the the Old Testament leads up to the New Testament, mm. yeah, there's four hundred years of silence, whatever, but the New Testament picks up where the Old Testament left off doesn't feel like that at all,
2: no, it's a it's a yeah. It's not, It's like a ninety degree turn. It's just like poof, going off, and it's something new, something different, something.
1: It reads different. It mm-hmm. feels different. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, and and that's that's one of the reasons why we did the intertestamental podcast. Yeah. So if you're if you're getting into the New Testament and you haven't listened to that intertestamental podcast, I would recommend you go back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unless you're a scholar of intertestamental. Yeah. History. That's
2: your your
1: expertise. Right. Uh, actually, let's be fair to each other. You don't have to be a scholar to know what we know about intertestamental periods.
2: No, you just have to do some Google searching and find some good books.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so but connecting those dots does help. Mm-hmm. But everything that has been anticipated Mm -hmm. it's come to pass
2: yeah that's the big thing right there's so especially towards the end and we get all the prophets and you know the prophets kind of this double-sided coin of destruction but hope and -hmm. all this anticipation that's building and building and building and it's like it's going to come it's going to be any day now it's coming soon it's coming soon and then boom 400 years of silence surprise the time is now There's your hope yeah this is what you've been waiting for
1: it is time it is time, <laughs> which re- is going to be our forest. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's our forest. Yep. The time has come. Uh, and here we are. Mm-hmm. So we start off in Luke 1. Yeah. Because Luke gives us a little background. He talks about how other people have uh, tried to write the story of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think what we need to identify in the Gospels is is their prominence inside of Scripture.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right, everything that we have read is pointing forward to the story of Christ. Yep, the Gospels are the story of Christ. Everything up to Revelation reflects back onto the story and teachings of Christ. Mm-hmm. How that applies in the New Testament church, mm-hmm. and the Book of Revelation is the culmination, mm-hmm. the return of christ yeah everything looks forward to or back on the gospels correct and the gospels are the center point of scripture and and so when we have our gospels we have four gospels Mm -hmm. written by four different writers yep matthew apostle yep mark
2: peter's mm -hmm.
1: counterpart Peter's counterpart. So the Gospel of Mark is most likely Peter's perspective. The gospel according to Peter as written by Mark. Yeah.
2: That's right? a safe that's safe to say that I think.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that's what Carson says. So it's true. So it's <laughs> 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 And that's not just because we're, <laughs> we're carried by the gospel coalition. Yeah, we're sucking up to someone who definitely doesn't listen to this podcast. Uh so Matthew, Mark, Luke, is really the, the sort of historian scholar mm-hmm. of the Gospels, mm-hmm. uh, recording the story as he is in the first century church, mm-hmm. the Acts church, bumping shoulders with all of the apostles yeah. and recording their story.
2: He was like an investigative journalist, interviewing people, mm-hmm. collecting information. It's the longest, it's the most detailed Mm-hmm. We get dates with him. He's very specific. Um, Luke, I like Luke. Luke is cool. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, an associate of the Apostle Paul. Right. So there is there is an apostolic connection.
1: Yeah, we'll see in Acts that there are times when he will write in in third person, this is what was going on, and then it'll shift, and he'll say, and we did this, right? It'll instantly right. go into that right. uh, first-person plural. Uh, and then we have John, the apostle that Jesus loved, Yep. as he will remind us. Also speedy. Yeah, he's also faster than Peter.
2: We'll get there in a few weeks.
1: <laughs> so these these are these are the four apostles or the the four writers of the gospels, and they are giving the same story from different perspectives, and in some ways with different intentions.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's that's fair. So yeah.
1: we're preaching through Matthew. Mm-hmm. Matthew references the Old Testament constantly. Yeah. Yeah. starts it off with a genealogy. Mm-hmm. Matthew's obvious point mm-hmm. is to write to the Jews and say, this is what you've been waiting for yeah, all this along. is this is the Messiah. And let me put the pieces together for mm-hmm.
2: you. Yeah, son of David, that, that expression used over and over again. Mm-hmm. This is the guy that we have been waiting for. Right. Um, definitely, yeah, more of a a Jewish audience in mind, I would say.
1: Yeah, Mark's a pretty snapshot. Not not necessarily short, mm-hmm. but shorter than the rest. Very mm-hmm. direct.
2: Yeah, he uses the word like immediately,
1: all the time. Yeah, his story is constantly moving, one thing to the next. Yeah, uh, no fluff. No, no. <laughs> uh, and like you said, Luke is the more like here's a history lesson mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on Jesus and the happenings of yeah. the church. Yeah, John is a theological book. It's very different. You're right. Yeah. That has some historical reference. In order to pass on the theology,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? In some respects, I've always wondered if if John was kind of because you know Matthew, Mark, and Luke were probably already written by the time mm-hmm. John writes his gospel.
1: And, and and before you get into that, that they're very similar; mm-hmm. they're almost synonymous, <laughs> which is why they are the synoptic. That's correct. Gospels, yeah, yeah. And then John is sort of an other gospel yeah. because it is very different but it almost ahead. feels like go he's ahead.
2: filling in the gaps right he's yeah. like okay he's like what what the other guys wrote all true i as a as a you know eyewitness probably one of the last surviving eyewitnesses of some mm-hmm. of these things is kind of filling in the gaps and and um and you're right like a bit more of a theological emphasis and we see that right right out of the gate that there's right. a different focus um a d di- a, a different side to the the gospel that he wants to to present.
1: Yeah, so I, I would I would say with a little bit of hesitation that uh Mark and Luke are saying, here's what went down mm-hmm. and John is saying here's what it meant.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that.
1: Matthew Matthew does a little of both. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the way that I, yeah, have he's
2: almost it. like Matthew, Matthew's kind of like, here's why it happened this way. Because this was written is almost his, right. th- his take. He's constantly pointing, he's pointing back to the old Testament
1: constantly, a historical perspective yeah, yeah, yeah. on why these things are taking place. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. And with that, we start off, uh, Luke one mm-hmm. goes right into the discussion of John the Baptist. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth is with child. Um her husband hears about it, Zachariah hears about it, and says,
2: eh, Not so sure.
1: Prove it. <laughs> uh so he loses his voice, he's not allowed to speak until mm-hmm. the baby's born. Yep. I find it really interesting uh when John is actually born and his mother says, We're gonna call him John. Mm. Everyone in the room, which appears to be a significant <laughs> number of people, mm-hmm. are going. Yeah, I know. Yeah. What do you think, Zechariah? <laughs> and he says, he not say, he writes, <laughs> we're going to call him John. <laughs> but the reason they protested, like, no one in your family, like, they're like, no, of course we're going to name it after his father. It's his firstborn son. Mm-hmm. No one in your family's named John. Mm-hmm. It, essentially, we see the first time someone says, well, we've never done it that way before. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. This is going to be his name because that's how we do things around here. <laughs> uh, and they break out of that mold, and we have John the Baptist born, uh, and that is that is the beginning of Luke 1. Mm. Uh, but we also get Mary mm. finding out that she is blessed among, favored among women. Mm-hmm. and She uh, sings a song. She sings a song, uh, because that's what you do when an angel tells you you're blessed among women. Mm-hmm. Um, then... We jump out of Luke and into John 1. Yeah. And there is no beginning to a book like John 1. Yeah. So they say in writing that your first line is your most important line. Mm. That's the hook. Right. There are some great first lines in literature. Right? Famous dickens Mm. shakespeare yeah john 1 just kills it
2: yeah so good
1: in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god he was with god Uh, he was in the beginning with god all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made in him was life And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and spoiler alert, the darkness has not overcome it. Amen. Pow. Yeah. John could have walked away and said, this is your gospel of John. Mm -hmm. Left it at that, and it would have been canonized and epic.
2: Yeah. No, seriously. Yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, perhaps the most overt um passage when it comes to the divinity of christ who he is Mm -hmm. right who who the identity of of the messiah truly is right Right. he he doesn't he doesn't just start at the beginning of the story like he doesn't even start like some of the other gospel writers do with a with a genealogy right he goes before that
1: yeah so if we're going to if we're going to Talk about and point out the differences of the Gospels. Mm -hmm. The synoptics begin with the story of Jesus. Luke, this is how it went down Mm -hmm. with uh, his cousin's birth and then his birth. Mm -hmm. Mark doesn't have time. He just skips it. Mark doesn't have time for babies. He's busy. He's busy. He's (laughs) got to get get this done. He's got to get this (laughs) done. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's because he was writing for Peter, Mm. and Peter was always kind of that way. Just getting, yeah. Maybe Peter has never gone to that part of the story. Mm. I don't know. That's way out of the box. Yeah, don't
2: don't take that to the bank. Edit that. That's just
1: no, no. (laughs) Uh, Matthew is going to go back and tie it into the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. John says the story does not begin with John the Baptist's birth. The story does not begin with the genealogy, even if that genealogy goes back to creation. Mm. The story begins in the beginning mm-hmm. and arche, en mm-hmm. whole logos mm. in the beginning was the word. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, brilliant. Yeah. When when the Jehovah's Witness come knocking at the door and they bring this verse to you and they say, you know, it actually says it actually says a God a God. It's like, nope, because Greek doesn't have an indefinite article. And the lack of the definite article means not that you imply the indefinite article. That's right. It means that it's an ornitherous noun, (laughs) and that is used regularly. That's right. And even their translations translate it otherwise in other parts of Scripture. Exactly. So you can just tell them, well, I don't think that's true. Yeah. Or you could tell them they should have stuck around for the second week of Greek. (laughs) because every greek professor hits this out of the gate oh yeah yeah uh or my favorite is when james white was confronted by this argument them not knowing that he was air quotes james white right reached into the bag at the coffee shop where he was sitting reached into his backpack pulled out his new testament that he had just been doing his daily devotions from opened it up and said can you point to the definite article for me please any of them, just point to one.
2: Yeah, no, they. Uh, what they've done is they've essentially cherry-picked a verse to mistranslate yeah. to support their heresy. Yeah, and it and it is heresy, folks. It's not right. It. This is not the kind of thing that you know. We say, well, you know, some Christians hold to this view. Some Christians hold to that. That is a non-Christian view. They are not brothers and sisters in Christ.
1: Mm-hmm. You need to preach the gospel to them because they don't know it. Right. And you know what? We don't really have time for this, but I'm going to do it anyway. We, we nerded out in the last podcast on the intertestamental stuff. We did. We totally did. should have gotten it out of our system, but I, I got to take a nerd moment for a second. I have in my shelf a book that is the apologetics field guide for the Jehovah's Witness. Ooh. And and I had a Jehovah's Witness come in my office one time and I've got a wall of books. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm not I don't have like sort of like You got some good books. Yeah, I I got a lot of books. Yeah, you
2: got more books than I do. For now.
1: Guys sitting in my chair looking across the room. The book is tiny, spots it from across the room and goes, Where'd you get that? And I said, Don't worry about it. He said, Can I (laughs) can I look at it? And I said, Nope. But anyway, in that they make the argument, we are not the first to translate John one this way. Mm. You go to Bible Hub where you get like fifty different translations for any verse of the script of the New Testament. John one one is the most unchanged, mm-hmm. other than John three sixteen. Right, there are just certain verses that just don't get touched. Yeah, it came out this way, and that's the way people have left. That's it. what it is. Yeah, uh, they reference. This really obscure version only by its initials. And so I did a dive to try to find this that took weeks. Mm. I found it. Okay. I found it. First, I found the history on it. There was an Anglican priest in 1800s who, for his personal devotion, translated the New Testament. That was it. By himself. In a journal. By himself. Uh, he died without publishing it because that wasn't the point. Right, it was purchased by an Arian society, okay, in London. Because they wanted their own Arian version. Arian meaning, uh, Christ Jesus was not deistic; mm-hmm. he was man. He was created, but the perfect form of man created. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so so the ancient his uh, heresy of Arianism, um. And so they were an Arianistic society by name that wanted their own Bible, but none of them knew Greek. And so they bought this guy's personal personal diary translation from his estate because it was now public domain and they could publish it. Mm. They changed this verse to be exactly what it says in the New World Translation, the Jehovah's Witness Bible, But even they had the honesty to footnote that the original author didn't translate it this way and that they had changed it. Even though no one in their group knew Greek well enough to even write their own version, they had to outsource it. They published like a hundred copies for their own church to use. And this is the scholarly reference that they leave in Reasonings. Mm. Yeah. And I was just like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah.
2: So long story short, folks, if you have the Jehovah's Witnesses knocking at your door, give me or Tim a call. We'd love to sit in on a I've had study.
1: I have a friend, actually a friend who listens to this podcast. Uh, so big shout out to Dom. Okay. Love Dom. Used to call me. would be like, hey, Tim, what are you doing? Jehovah's Witnesses are coming over. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and I'd go hang out at his house, and they'd never come. It would be like this. It'd be like he'd bump into them in the street, and he'd be like, hey, you want to come to my house? And apparently they'd like call in and they'd be like, oh, we know that address. They don't stay, even waste stay your time. Stay away.
2: You're blacklisted. Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: so we did it. I think maybe we did it twice and neither time did they ever oh, actually the show up. Oh, boy. But yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? Anyway, mm. anyway, John, after he establishes this massive theological tome mm-hmm. of, a, of an introduction, mm-hmm. goes straight into John the Baptist. We cannot overlook the value and the importance of John the Baptist. He's not crazy man in the wild clothes, eating yucky stuff.
2: Well, I mean, he is, but he's so much more than that. So much more. Yeah.
1: The final Old Testament prophet, Mm -hmm. Elijah come again to make way. But we found out in Luke, his parents knew this was coming.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, his parents his parents were aware, right? I mean, you see, it, like, his father kind of has this prophetic thing where he's filled with the Spirit. And, like, right. he's pretty much just, like, saying, this is the guy
1: who's going to, you know, prepare the way for the Lord. And not just his parents, other people in the temple. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's not like Jesus comes on the scene as a 30-year-old. And he's like, hey, guess what, guys? I've kind of been here all along, but I'm the Messiah. Mm. There is much to do mm-hmm. about this birth mm-hmm. and him specifically. People know who he is. Uh it, maybe, maybe not in um maybe not in the most like broad of manners, but people know. There's there's plenty of announcement before even the birth of Jesus mm-hmm. about who he is. Uh then after that, uh we jump into my Bible just reset. Um after John one,
2: I uh, believe it's uh, Matthew one or Luke two. Matthew
1: one,
2: which is oh, the genealogy. Luke two, Luke okay. two.
1: Yeah, Luke then gets into his genealogy. It's different yep. than uh, than Matthew's genealogy, mm. but it's different for a reason. He's making a different point. There are lots of holes in every genealogy mm-hmm. in Scripture, mm-hmm. and that's something that I think as we read because we talked about it this morning, that uh, sometimes you read the story and it feels a little different, Mm -hmm. right? The chronology is off.
2: Yeah, the sequence of events isn't exactly the same.
1: Yeah, and and even that, it sort of bounces around even internally within the Gospels. Mm -hmm. I think the most important thing to remember is this. When history was recorded in ancient times, they had a different purpose than we have yeah they were telling a story Mm -hmm. a true story Mm -hmm. but they were telling a story what we want to do is we want to quantify everything right right we want only the cold hard facts Mm -hmm. and we want everything exactly the way that it was Mm -hmm. um so we have less space for that sort of thing Mm-hmm. Um, whereas not just the biblical writers, all ancient writings, yeah, all ancient histories, uh not necessarily exaggerated or fabricated in a way that you would say didn't happen, or that person didn't actually say that. Uh, this in no way diminishes the value of these books or the confidence that we have in what was said. Mm-hmm. But what it what it tells us is they don't have around them academically the pressure mm-hmm. to say, "I didn't, I didn't take time to count how many people were there, mm-hmm. so I can't say how many people were there." Mm-hmm. They'll just say, "Is like definitely more than a thousand, not quite ten thousand, right? You know, five thousand, but not <laughs> as much as the five thousand time." Just probably just a little bit, four thousand, right? <laughs> right? Right. Their right. their point is, if you were to come to them and say, actually, mm-hmm. or or uh, here's a good example, if you were to come to them and say, well, that's men, what about women and children? What's the number there? They would not say, you got me. Yeah. They would say, you missed the point.
2: It's like who cares? Right. Like you, you realize how many people were fed that day. Like right. it doesn't, it doesn't matter what the specific yeah right. head count was. <laughs> or you
1: said you said that he healed the deaf man mm. and then the blind man, but someone else said he healed the blind man and then the deaf man. So one of you's lying. They would say, "You missed the point. Yeah, you entirely missed the point." Yeah, the and sometimes the order is not in is intentionally not chronological but it's theological. That's right. Right? God, like Christ heals in a physical way mm-hmm. and showing his power over the body. Then he shows his power over nature and then he shows his power over spirits. Mm-hmm. Right? Sometimes that is what's being expressed. Right. And it has nothing to do with time order. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you get in here and you're like, whoa, we're bouncing around and this guy talks about it but not him. Mm-hmm. Some of that has to do with just what an author thinks is significant. Mm-hmm. Most scholars give what we call Markan authority. Mark was the first person. Matthew came along and said, this was a great idea, but we got to fill in the gaps so that the Jews understand. Luke came along and said, there's still gaps. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we want to put it in a way that even the Gentiles are able to see and receive because it's being written after the Holy Spirit has fallen upon the Gentiles and the church in Antioch is established and all those kinds of things. And so... Uh, there's, there's purpose for their readings why they're going to leave things out, why the order is going to be changed and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It doesn't at all diminish things. It's just, they have different ambitions and goals and what they're trying to express to us. Mm -hmm. But still those things that are said to us are truth.
2: Right. No, no, you're absolutely right, and uh, I feel like I'm ranting. A bit. No, yeah, well, maybe a little bit, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> it's your podcast; you can do need, what you want. I
1: need a little more of this blessed <laughs> bean juice. Thing. That's right. That's right.
2: Well, okay, so we continue uh, from there into Luke chapter two. We mm-hmm. get the story of the birth birth of Jesus, very famous. Mm. Uh, Jesus being presented at the temple, which is not as well known, which is a really interesting scene. Um, I I really love. Hold that. on, hold on,
1: mm. Luke two. Do you always hear it in the voice of that little Charlie Brown character, boy? I do. Uh, Linus? Yeah.
2: That's not what Christmas is about, Charlie mm-hmm. Brown.
1: I read it in that voice.
2: Yeah. And he puts the the blanket like a shepherd's hood around it. Yeah. Gold. Yeah, it's great. Um, so we get, we get a couple cool stories about the early life of Jesus. Him being presented at the temple is one thing, and people are just, like, freaking out, and they're just getting this revelation from God that this is the one. Uh, Jesus in the temple. At 12 years old? Mm-hmm. Why were you looking for me? Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? The, the whole idea that, like, that Jesus, um, because you, you actually mentioned this in a sermon, uh, recently, that there's this idea among some Christian groups that, like, Christ wasn't aware of his divinity or his, you know, messiahship, um, until much later, whether it was when he was baptized or whatever, um. It would not have been normal for a 12-year-old boy in the temple to say in a personal
1: way, this is my father's house. Right. There was an understanding there. Right. And so, so I think one of the really interesting things we can see in that, the concept of the fathership of God mm-hmm. over his people is something that is well-established in our reading up to this point, mm-hmm. but only top-down. Right. Right god calling himself the father of israel Mm -hmm. no one is looking to him and saying my father Mm -hmm. it's just not the way people were talking Mm -hmm. jesus rocks that boat Mm -hmm. hard
2: yeah there's a shift in the in that language and how that relationship is described Mm -hmm. um yeah and then we kind of shift back to matthew a couple chapters of matthew Mm-hmm. Uh, which is what we've been preaching through recently.
1: Yeah, you want you want a detailed rundown of that.
2: Yeah, just go check out some of the more recent uh, sermons.
1: YouTube.com slash... I don't know. Humber... No,
2: Humberville. Oh, Humber. oh! Memorial. No!
1: Memorial. 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 Baptist yeah. Stratford or church? Or some, yeah. Just
2: Alex is going to kill us that we don't know <laughs> this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's on the YouTube. <laughs> Just go to
1: YouTube, <laughs> Google Marshall Morden. No,
2: don't Google that. My name's not anywhere. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's where we're doing sort of the tighter rundown of Matthew. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, that boy, that was the slip of slips right there. <laughs> that's okay. I still haven't answered the phone that way, which is good. That is really good. Um, yeah. That's, that's fine. What you, that's what you get for putting yourself on cruise control. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, Matthew, we get the story. I mean, we get... You know, the the early years of Jesus, mm-hmm. John the Baptist, you know, setting the way, the baptism of Jesus, yeah, which is significant.
1: We pick up the beginnings of Mark, the first, like, Mark is happy to start talking to us once John the Baptist is on the scene doing his preaching. Yeah. Uh, John the Baptist, and for that matter, Jesus, never, never had these preaching classes where they teach you how to build a church, <laughs> right? Where they say things like, well— You've got you've to speak to the felt needs of the people,
0: mm.
1: right? And you've got to deliver it. I, I, heard a, I heard a preacher say one time that their goal wasn't to hide the gospel, but their goal was that people would come and they would become so familiar and loved inside of the church that they would become Christians. And once they became Christians, then we'll talk to them about things like sin and repentance Mm. and i thought wait once you become a christian mm. you can and he's like that's how you grow your church people just people need to know their love before they start hearing that they're sinners in need of a savior mm. and i was just like cart before the horse bro you'll throw up in your mouth kind of a moment there right <laughs> it's just it's just what it ends up doing is it ends up saying the plan of god is the crazy uncle that you're like, I I'm I got this girl that I like. I'm not taking her to family reunion on a first date because my crazy uncle's there and she's going to leave. Mm. I'm going to let her like me enough mm-hmm. that she's going to be willing to overlook that to a degree, I hope. <laughs> That's not what the gospel is. Yeah. <laughs> the gospel is not that crazy uncle that we have to hide. I am not the lovable one mm-hmm. that they need to be attracted to so that they can tolerate Jesus. Right. John the Baptist gets that. And he starts off day one repent. Yep. Repent. Because he understands that repentance is good news. Mm, Yeah. That this is a beautiful privilege that we've been given to leave the burdens of sin behind us. Yeah. And to walk in a new way. And John the Baptist, like his whole life, is just this big flashing arrow pointing at Jesus. He develops a following, and his people start following Jesus. And some of the guys are like, hey, you used to be the popular one. Now your own disciples are over there. And John says, isn't that amazing?
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he just glorifies Christ. Like because, he,
1: because if they didn't leave me and go to him, they wouldn't actually have been listening to me to begin with.
2: That's it? Yeah, that's, you hit the nail on the head. Would
1: there. that we had more pastors— eager to see their people move on from them mm. and do their own following of Jesus.
2: Hmm. Yeah.
1: Like, how awesome would it be if you and I were just redundant?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People didn't need us to get fed. Mm. <sighs> so, um,
1: we're at thirty-two minutes because I talk too much today.
2: That's okay. Uh, again, we're going to get a lot of overlap in the reading here: Luke mm-hmm. three, John the Baptist ministry, Matthew four, temp- the temptation in the wilderness, which mm-hmm. you just preached on recently as well. Um, the significance of that. Um, the, I, I, I love how you kind of touched on the interplay between uh, Christ's divinity and humanity, and how that how that is affected. Um, and also the interesting way of how how Christ uses the scriptures to rebuff the temptations of Satan mm-hmm. um, and I just uh, yeah I found that I found that really um, amazing that that Jesus went to the same toolkit um that we are called to do um so that was I, I I enjoyed that well thank you yeah um as far as the calling of the disciples in the beginning of his ministry in Matthew four.
1: You're going to tell us all about that very soon. Yeah, well, by here- the time people
2: hear this, they'll have already got
1: right. <laughs> we'll do it quickly here. Because okay, there's let's do- there is something I want to point out here. Sure. So we do we do after dinner devotions with my kids most nights. Sure. It takes a real hit in the summer when we're outside eating. Mm. But anyway, uh, doing this thing that we've already gone through the Old Testament with them, we're going through the New Testament. Last, I, I try not to do the whole like. I don't like how he interpreted that. Let daddy fix it. Right? <laughs> Not that my kids care, but... Sure. Lindsay might. Uh, Well, you just can't do it too often. Then you become that guy. Yeah, nobody wants to be that guy. Sometimes I want to be that guy. Sometimes I am that guy. But I don't like being that guy. <laughs> I'm always that guy. I just sit on it. Uh, so... So, in this, they were talking about the calling of the disciples, and it was a very common statement. A very Mm. common statement to say, look at how Jesus just walks up and says, Come follow me. And people just drop everything and go. That's amazing. That's faith. Mm. I don't know about that. I don't know about that for a couple of reasons. Okay. One, let's look at the soteriology of it. If someone came to you and they said, Hey, I want to be a Christian. I want to be baptized. Mm. first question you would do is, the first thing you do is start asking questions, right? Sure. When did you come to this understanding? Mm -hmm. What do you know about the gospel, Mm -hmm. uh, about the privilege of repenting from your sin Mm -hmm. and turning to Christ? Um, They're like, I don't know anything, nothing. I was just walking by the church and thought, I'm going to get baptized. Right. What would you say to them?
2: <laughs> uh, hold the phone a little bit. Not yet. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, not yet. Yeah. Because you you need to know who Christ is. Mm-hmm. You need to know where you and he sit in the plan of God mm-hmm. and what it means to believe and express that faith in baptism. hmm so we we have this thing where we teach the disciples following Jesus is just sort of like this blind man walks up out of uh, nowhere yeah. and says, come follow me. And they just drop it, walk out We're like, that's fantastic. Not allowing that in my church. <laughs> and I would say for right reason. Mm-hmm. The other thing is it doesn't line up when you start harmonizing the Gospels, because not all the Gospels tell the story that way. Mm-hmm. Andrew, following John the Baptist from the beginning, goes up to his brother, Peter, and <laughs> says, I found the man that you and I have been looking for our entire lives. Right. They already knew who he was. Yeah. But at some point in that journey, he comes along and says, follow me. Mm -hmm. And they leave what they're doing and they go. The other thing that we teach in this story is that they walked away from everything They gave away their businesses. They left their families, everything, and just disappear. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Also not something we would encourage in our day Mm -hmm. for biblical reasons. Yep. Also not historically what happened. True. They end up multiple times on a boat. Where did that boat come from? (laughs) They just walking through the harbor and being like, grab that one. It looks nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, they still own their boats. Yeah. They didn't just sell everything. Peter was married.
2: yeah, they were in his mother-in-law's house were they not? Or right no. yeah. and there's
1: only one way to get a mother-in-law. yeah <laughs> and so and so they don't just walk away from everything. Mm-hmm. They do leave what they're doing and say, no, this is so preeminent that mm-hmm. nothing else compares, and I will step away from it. but it's not this it's not a out of nowhere mm-hmm. and it's not so absolute. That their families are sitting around going, where'd my son go? Where'd my husband go? Mm-hmm. Right? It's just not like that. Yeah. Uh, in fact, Jesus calls out Pharisees for doing similar-ish mm-hmm. kind of things of abandoning their family in the name of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what yeah. I, I want to do is I just want to help people harmonize these stories mm-hmm. and paint a different picture of expectation around it to say, Jesus has begun some teaching. He's been baptized. There's a a big buzz around him, sort of building. Mm -hmm. And at one point, he goes through town, and he calls out 12. Right. Um, Of those, there is one who has a little little bit of doubt. And Jesus says, I know you. I saw you. (laughs) I saw you under the fig tree, and you are a Jew without what's his exact word without uh in whom there is no fault mm. and he's floored which i find a little bit funny <laughs> how did you know me because obviously to call me the jew without any fault means you know me <laughs> he's talking about saw uh, me under the fig tree Yeah, yeah jesus I, knows yeah, that uh, jesus yeah. refers to that and yeah. actually tells him oh son Oh, son, Mm. you think because I saw you under a fig tree Mm -hmm. that uh, that that was pretty amazing and Mm -hmm. reason enough to believe. Hold on tight. Yeah. Because it's going to get crazy. Yeah. But the way that it's written, I always choose to read it in such a way that Mm. he would say, without fault, you really, you know me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) My favorite calling of all the disciples is Matthew, I Mm. think.
1: He does get up from the table. Hmm. Like whether that means like finish the day's work and then got up. I don't know. Or not. Yeah. It's it, a Zacchaeus kind of moment.
2: Yeah, and everything exactly, and everything you like we know about tax collectors in that culture. It's just such a significant thing. I've had people because he's referred to as Levi at times as well, right? Right. Which is a name that would. Often belonged to people from priestly families, so I've even heard it suggested that you know he could have been at one point being groomed for the mm-hmm. priesthood, it, 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 and instead kind of went to the opposite end of the spectrum,
1: employed by the uh, the, Roman the Roman Empire, the Roman Empire, the occupying army. Yeah, this has been fun. We mm-hmm. got a lot more to talk about. We're at forty minutes. John, give me give John, me a highlight. John three. John 3, just John 3. <laughs> well, okay, who was it when we were at TGC that preached John 3? Was it Lig Duncan? I don't think so. That
2: I just think preached pre- on the value of John. Anyway. Lig Duncan did the uh Syrophoenician woman, I think. Oh yeah. Um di- Oh yeah, man, there's so many things. I mean, okay, the conversation in John 3, I mean, one of the most famous passages, the conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus where we get those iconic verses, that the whole idea of being born again um, is huge.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: For everyone that has memorized John three sixteen, go to Do 17. yourself a favor and memorize 17 <laughs> because it makes sense of 16 mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. a way that you don't even realize might not be making sense to you. hmm hmm Yeah. No, John 3 is crazy.
2: Yeah. Crazy good. And 4, Samaritan woman. Mm-hmm like living water, right? Not worshiping on this mountain or in the temple, but in spirit and truth.
1: I mean, John... There is coming a day.
2: John is just like, John is just like laying out concepts like right out of the get-go. John 1, Jesus is God, right? Mm -hmm. John 3, must be born again, Mm -hmm. right? And and like must have faith in the one who... You know, like John 4, like living water and, and, and spirit and truth. Like it's just like, it's it's just a clinic right. on theology. Right. Love it. John
1: is a favorite biblical author. Yeah. So good.
2: And when you learn Greek, he's the easiest one to read. Yes. So that's also a bonus for me, who is not right. very good at Greek, but <laughs> trying to learn.
1: <laughs> uh, I would say for me, Luke chapter 2. Okay. Just that unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord mm. and and just after all of the weight of everything that we've read that announcement just has a different feel. Right. Like we've we've read these uh, people tend to spend more time in the New Testament than the Old Testament for right reasons. Sure. But when you read it on the heels of a long journey through the Old Testament. It just, it just has a different weight. It is time. <laughs> it is.
2: As Rafiki from The Lion King would say. <laughs>
1: and as everyone is saying as they look at their watch. and the podcast. <laughs> So thanks for listening. This podcast is a resource of Memorial Baptist Church in Stratford, Ontario. In cooperation with the Gospel Coalition of Canada. And is produced by Alex Walker.
2: Sorry for messing up the YouTube page, Alex.